born to die He might give Eternal life That I might live Then rose again Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries. 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved my soul that night. Take your Bible and turn to 127th Psalm. The 127th Psalm. I remember one time we was at Northside and somebody had to stand up and quote a, a psalm and Betty stood up and she quoted the whole psalm. I think it was a hundred psalm, but I'm not even sure about that anymore. I didn't even know there were psalms. And I sort of saw the words. I thought it was book of palms. I didn't know it's psalms. Book of job. But here in the Psalms 127, look what he says beginning at verse 1. Except the Lord build the house... They labor in vain that build it. Now, we know this is true concerning a church. It's also true concerning a nation. But it's also true concerning a a family, a home, your marriage, where the man and the woman are supposed to obey the Lord. And if you obey the Lord, and both are in the hands of God, that it should bring unity. But it doesn't always pan out that way. You see, there is something that happened in those first children that were born. They were born with a, what was it? Sinful nature. A sinful nature with a will of their own, a mind of their own. And the Bible says in many places, and every man did that which was right in their own eyes. And sometimes that happens with a wife. She may want to do what she thinks is right in her own eyes. And the man want to do what he thinks because he wants to do what he thinks is right in his own eyes. Do they always agree? No. Wouldn't it be neat if both listened to the Lord, they would be on the same page. But sometimes we don't care what God has to say. We still have a mind of our own. And we can create havoc at the drop of a hat just so quickly. Now look what else he says. He says, Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to set up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. We are to make sure that we see children as an heritage. In other words, this is something that we should be very thankful for and proud of. 
And it's a reward for doing what is right. Man and a woman, loving each other, having children, and replenish the earth. You see, if nobody got married and nobody had children, we'd be the last generation. There wouldn't be anybody else. Isn't it amazing how that God has created something in the desire of everything to reproduce itself? Whether it's with birds of the air or the lily of the valley. Everything reproduces after its own kind. When you read the book of Genesis, and it says that after its own kind, after its own kind, after its own kind. Because to reproduce, there's a seed. And that seed carries with it the ability to reproduce whatever it is. So he says here in verse 4, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. It's supposed to be that way. It doesn't mean it always is. If everything is right and everybody does right, happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. Now, it doesn't name how many arrows to have, but children are like arrows. And once they're in flight, you can't bring them back. And the Bible talks about troubles that shoots up like arrows. And we can have a lot of troubles, a lot of problems. Remember, children are leaving mom and dad. And they're going to adulthood. And they got to walk on this swinging bridge. And they've never been there before. And they get halfway, and as a teenager, they don't have all of it worked out yet. They can't go back. They're not sure they want to go forward. They don't like what they see with the adults. And they don't know how to get out of this mess. And nothing is secure to them. They have no answers. They have problems. They have worries. They've got fears, anxieties. Somebody asked a teenager back during the Vietnam War, I says, what would you like to be in about 10 years? He says, alive. Alive. Just to be alive. Some people were scared they don't want to go to war. They don't want to die. They weren't willing to fight a war that they didn't believe that we were fighting it to win. Most of it's all political. How many thousands of people die? Look at the next thing. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So God has promised certain things. Now, there's another verse that I think you ought to see there in the book of Proverbs 22. The book of Proverbs in chapter 22. This verse also has caused a lot of problems with adults who know the Lord, love the Lord, and are trying their best to raise their children. And then we try to help the kids raise the grandkids and so on. Here in Proverbs in chapter 22... Look what he has here down in verse 5. Thorns and snares are in the way of the forward. He that doeth keep his soul shall be far from them. So there's things in this world. There's briars, there's thorns, there's snares, there's problems, there's traps, there's trials, there's tribulation. All these things are waiting for all these kids that are growing up. And they don't know how to fight these battles. It's just like adults. Sometimes we're facing problems we've never had to face before. There's a song that me and Betty sung years ago. Dr. Curtis Hudson, he heard that song. And he says, I want that song sung at my funeral. And they sung it at his funeral. It was a 
called new grace. Grace I've never had before. Grace I've never needed before. But when it's my time to die, God will give us grace to face that moment. Because, you see, God has given me grace to do this and this and this and this and this and this. But I've never had to face death. But believing that God is the God of grace and you can go to the throne of grace and that someday God's going to give me new grace to face that moment. And you're to believe that I've never been married before. Well, can you trust the Lord to give you the grace to be the kind of a husband or wife you're supposed to be? Can you trust the Lord that if God was to bless you with the child, he's going to give you the strength and the grace that you need on how to raise that child? If you seek him, if you'll ask, and he will be able to give you the wisdom that you need. And some of you, you'll learn as you go. And you'll learn that you'll make some mistakes and you'll fall and you'll stumble. Remember, these kids that we raise and our grandkids, they've never been here before. We don't have all the answers. And they have an uncanny sense of fairness when they know that you're not treating them right. And the thing is, is do we love our children? Do you love them? You see, if you love them, you can forgive them. If you don't love them, you won't forgive them. Because forgiveness really takes love. And kids, sometimes we judge too quickly. Have you ever seen kids that there'll be stages in their life when they are, I mean, chaotic, rebellious. They can even turn on you and curse you out. I hate you and I hate my life and blah, blah, blah. And they do whatever they want to do. Only to wait long enough. And if you're patient, you may see them come back down the road. And you'll be surprised. They can come back more sweet, more loving than you ever thought. Give them time. Let them heal. Always be there waiting for them. Even though you may not be able to solve everything in their life. And they'll learn somewhere along the line. Nobody loves me like mommy and daddy. Nobody cares about me like papa and grandma. We're supposed to be there when they need it. And there will come a time in your life when you cannot give them advice. Because they don't want to take it. You may have to wait until they want it. And then they'll be glad to accept it. But you try to force advice upon a teenager who don't want your advice. It's like going up against that wall over there. And so sometimes you have to back off and commit them to the Lord. And you pray, Lord, put a hedge of thorns, of briars around them. So that whatever they want to do that's not right, it'll prick them and get them to back up. Not because you hate them, but because you love them. And you want God's blessings upon your children and their grandkids. And sometimes we think, why couldn't I have known how to do all this? Remember this. I was not raised in a Christian home. I had no clue what a Christian home was. I never saw our family pray at a table for the food. I never saw us have prayer before we went to bed at night. I never saw my mom or my dad ever read a Bible. Never heard them quote one verse. Never heard the words, I love you. All I saw was hell raising all my life. And then lo and behold, I got married. And I had kids. 
Do you think I automatically knew everything to do? I made probably a lot of mistakes. Sometimes I think, boy, I wish I could go back and do it all over. Have you ever thought that? And you can't. Because we're on this road and you can't go back in time. You can't go back and erase it, delete it. (laughs) Where's that delete button? (laughs) And you got to keep moving ahead. And you've got to try to learn some things as you go and hope that you can do the things that you're supposed to do. And maybe give somebody else a little words of wisdom down the road. Be patient with kids. They don't know what they're doing, most of them. They don't even know what love is. They're learning what lust is, but they don't really understand what love is. Because they can love this one today, and now I love that one tomorrow. Well, I love him. That was last week. And it's so, you know, spacey sometimes. But now look down here at this verse. Verse 6. If you don't have verse 6 underlined in your Bible, underline this verse. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I've heard this verse for, you know, 50-something years. But even if you know this verse... And you can do your dead level best to train up a child in the way he should go. Doesn't mean he will go that way. But the rest of the verse says, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I've been told that means to, like with a little baby that uh, won't suck, you can put a sugar tit and put it in his mouth and get him to teach him. And to create a taste or a desire for some milk or whatever it is you want him to do. And to try to do that with kids to develop within them a taste or a desire where they want to serve the Lord. And you teach them that from the time they're born, and as they grow up, to teach them to love the Lord. To teach them about Christ and about obedience and the blessings and the disobedience and the chastening. About the things that law is really valuable in this life and what's going to happen in the future and all those things that are so important. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition. How God cares about them. How God wants to use them. How God wants to bless them. And you take those little children. You take, realize, God wants me to raise these kids for Him. We don't raise our kids for ourselves. We're going to pass off the scene one of these days. And we want to try to teach our children to walk with the Lord. Because they won't always have us to lean on. Grandparents are going to get old. We're going to fall. What's going to happen to the kids? You want there to be, did I teach them enough? But I know it's got to be tried. I've got to take them back off. And can, can they walk with God on their own without me? And so that is a very frustrating thing to go through. And you'll do a lot of praying. You'll do a lot of crying. They won't always make all the decisions that you want them to make. And it'll break your heart. But understand... There's somebody else who knows exactly how we feel. And I think that um, you need to see that. Look in the book of Isaiah. Next book to your right. Well, a couple books to your right. In Isaiah in chapter 1. You see, God was also raising some children. The nation of Israel. And he says, of all the things that he did with these people, he brought them out of Egypt. It's like giving birth to a a nation. They came out of Egypt. And then he promised them into a holy land that flowed with milk and honey. He promised them that if they would just serve him, how he was going to bless them. And how they would be a light to the world. But he also told them that if you rebel against me, I'm going to have to chasten you. 
but I'll never disown you. But I'll take you out of the land. There's consequences down the road. So look what it says here in Isaiah chapter 1. He says there in verse 2, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have, what have they done? This is God. So you have to get some consolation, and even God had trouble raising his kids. He had trouble with the nation of Israel. And who could have been a better father than God himself? And he tells them that. After all that I did for you, and you'll be surprised sometimes those words will ring in your mind. And you may have said them, and you'll make sure they understand the great sacrifice that you made for them. Look what I've done for you and how I sacrificed for you. When kids are not in the right frame of mind, that doesn't matter and it has no authority. Because when they don't care, they don't care. You have to love them and they have to understand that even though you're not going to maybe be responsible for some of the decisions they make, there is a God in heaven that may have to chasten them. And so sometimes you have to just commit the children to the Lord and say, I'm going to give it some space I'm going to pray, but I want God to do what I cannot do. Now, we do all that we can with what we know. Look what else he says here. In verse 3, because this here, the last part of verse 2, is the heartbreak of every parent. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be whooped anymore? Have you ever spanked a kid and it doesn't do any good? And you say, why in the world am I going to keep spanking it for? It doesn't do a bit of good. Now, if you haven't had children, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you had, you may have an idea. And then next thing you know, those kids grow up. I've had a lot of whoopings. Look at the next statement. He now describes the person. You see, we are born with a sinful nature. We are by nature rebellious. It's just the way we are. We don't like people telling us what we can and cannot do. And when children get a little bit older, you know, say, when they're young, uh, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. And you can kind of tell them. And they say, why? Because I said so. Well, that's fine. But when they get a little bit older, why? Your reasons has got to have some validity to it. And just because I said so, it's not going to work. Because they want to know why. Because now their opinion is just as good as your opinion. They think they're just as wise as you. Have you ever seen a kid that knows it all? They know it all. And they're brilliant. All of a sudden, they know more than you do, even though you've lived 50 years longer than they have. But they know. You get ready to tell them, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And you know they don't know. But get what he says. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there's no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. 
This is how God is describing his children, the nation of Israel, because they have a sinful nature. They are rebellious. And so the only thing left for God to do after just showering these people with love, they've rebelled against his love, and now God's going to have to chasten his children. Now, take your Bible and turn to the book of Hebrews in chapter 12. Hebrews in chapter 12. And you'll notice there in Hebrews in chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. Now, this is on page 1303 in the right kind of Bible. And you'll notice what he says here concerning God's chastening to his children. But here he's talking to, in these couple of verses, about fathers who chastened their children. I'm not talking about murdering the kids. I'm not talking about killing the kids. I'm not talking about beating them with a rubber hose. And, uh, no. But he says there in verse 9, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? In other words, if you can understand the principle that in our own homes, our parents were given to us children to raise us, to discipline us, to correct us, to teach us how to have values in life. And when we disobey, then there was to be the chastening, the discipline to help us to learn how to make right decisions. He says, and they did it for a reason. Look what he says. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father's spirits and live? Now that I've trusted Christ as my Savior, He is my Father. Cannot I learn to obey my Heavenly Father, knowing that my Heavenly Father, who does love me, shouldn't I serve Him? And if I don't serve Him willingly, that my Heavenly Father may have to get, you know, take me to the woodshed. And you never know when He's going to do it and how He's going to do it. And just because... One person seemed like they got away with it doesn't mean you're going to. Because there's a verse in the book of Ecclesiastes that when we know that a sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, the heart of man is designed to think, I got away with it and does more. So just because God doesn't, you know, chase us right away doesn't mean God forgot. So he says here in verse 10, for they, talking about our earthly parents, Verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. They do it for that little period of time that we happen to be under their roof. And then we're gone. They're gone. But the Lord, what He does for us is for eternity. It's for eternity. Because, see, the, what we do as a child of God affects eternity. With our parents, it's only for a, a short period of time. He says, and look at the last part of it. But he, talking about God, for our what? Prophet. That we might be partakers of his holiness. This is what God wants us to do. And he says, now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. That's why he talks about these things in the word of God. Things for us to listen and to learn. And always pray for your children. Talk to them about the Lord. 
Try to challenge them, motivate them. You do what you can, but you can't run people's lives. You can't play God in their lives. When they're under your rule and you are in authority, you can do a lot of things you can't do later on. Then it has to be that they love and respect you enough to, Dad, what do you think? Mom, what do you think? What do you think I should do? And you love it when they're bright enough to come to you for wisdom. And they may just do that. But don't judge too soon. Because, you see, the way some kids are right now, when they're that little angel and they go to church, they sit there, they're perfect little darlings, never do anything wrong, so obedient. It ain't over yet. You'd be surprised how quickly kids can change. And then there's those who just become wild, and all of a sudden, don't judge too quickly. Because they may see the error of their way and correct the problem. And you don't want to say or do something that you shouldn't say whenever you get out of that moment of anguish and you want to just sometimes want to come. Let them go. Love them. Be there when they need you. And it'll help you tremendously. And it'll help the kids too. Just knowing that you're there and you somebody they can come to and see and talk to. Know that you really care about them. So be patient with kids. Be patient with grandkids. And be patient with each other. All right, look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now, he hates our sin because we all have a sinful nature. And we are all rebellious and we all want to go our own way. And even children want to go their own way and do their own thing. And even grandkids. You say, where did the grandkids get it? Well, they got it from their, their parents. Well, where did they get it? From their grandparents. Just bypass us. No. But God loves us. To go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God, and none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. He hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die, but he took all the sin of all the world, paid for it on the cross, and came back from the dead. And he says, now to go to heaven, all that we need to do, the only thing we can do is believe that he did it for us. He paid for my sins. And I accept this payment. I got a payment for my sins. The reason I don't have to go to hell is because I have a payment for my sins. I paid my sin debt. What about the ones in the future? Well, the one who paid for my sins paid for those too. That's why I can't go to hell because I have a payment for my sins. I wish people understand the simplicity of that. It's so easy to understand. Let's pray, shall we? The head's bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I pray that right now, and you that are watching by internet, just to trust the Lord. Just understand we've all sinned, but Christ died and paid for our sin. And if we trust him, he will save us, give us eternal life, and never cast us out and never lose us. And if you'll trust the Lord, bottom of the screen says, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. I appreciate it if you would do it and let us know. You that are in the auditorium, not just that um, you trust that Christ is your Savior, but would you pray for your husband? Pray for your wife. Do right. It's always right to do right. Never right to do wrong. Pray for your kids. They problems. They struggle too. They hurt. They don't have all the answers. They'll say things that they don't mean. They may hurt your feelings. Say ungodly things. Do ungodly things but they're still yours.
love them, forgive them. Let them save face. It doesn't matter. And you'd be surprised that there's peace and joy in doing what God wants you to do. And commit them to the Lord to do what you can't do. But always be there for them to help them at any time. Father, we thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for this time together. Bless each one here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amazing grace amazes me. Dr. Arnold has many items to help you in your walk with the Lord, including videos, books, tracks, outlines to hundreds of sermons, over 4,000 radio messages, and preaching schedule. Once again, feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. That's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace. Amazing grace.